It's extra drama for Sweet Valley High number nine, Racing Hearts, also known as Love on the Run. Hi, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the bonus episode for book nine. And I'm here with my only father, my dear father, Don Flaxbart. Hello, everyone. So, Dad, I was so excited that you agreed to do this with me. After all the years that I was writing the blog and, you know, talking about this, you know, you had kind of an auxiliary consciousness, but I know that it was never your thing. And one of the great pleasures of doing this has been to get a chance to kind of force people that I love to get a glimpse into what it is about these books that fascinates me. Well, that was that would be an interesting thing to do because my own experience, and I've talked with about my good friend Brett about this, is, you know, we enjoyed high school, but it was not a place we ever wanted to revisit. And we recalled on the day we graduated, the girls stood around and hugged each other and cried and and the boys laughed and we, we, we walked away, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I don't think that these books remind me of my high school experience Mm-mm. at all. No. It really bears no resemblance. And I think, I mean, we had cliques in my high school, sort of. And we we had, you know, there were highs and lows. But I don't think that is ever, I think it's more the kind of soap opera aspect of it that I find just fascinating. Right, and and the cliques are very well defined. They, you know, they let any reader know instantly what's going on, the dynamics. I don't know if the way the stories are told help break down the fact that there's more to people that you one shouldn't look at them that way. You know, the um, oh sure, yeah, which is dangerous. I think. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I know. Maybe I learned this from you. I'm sure you agree with me, actually. But something that I hold very close to my heart is the value of not prejudging people. You know, every person is different. And I don't think that stereotypes, they're convenient, they're handy shorthand, but they don't really help us interact with our fellow man. Yeah, even the fluidity of people. I mean, people, even and certainly in high school where you're branching out, People will wear multiple hats. You might be a jock, but you might also be good at math, or you might be be good at theater. And people are part of the fun of high school is just thinking you're one thing and finding out you're something else, right? Yeah, part of the fun of high school. I think part of the fun of life in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I um, I would say another thing that fascinates me about these books that always has is that. It presses a nostalgia button in a way because I was familiar with the characters from their the earlier series, the twin series, the kids series, which were really for little kids that I read as kind of like an elementary school early reader. And 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 this it, is there a a historical sequence between those the, the books? Or? Not really. Not really, because the Sweet Valley High books were written first. That's the original series. And everything else, in the last episode, I mentioned Sweet Valley University mm-hmm. um, and Sweet Valley Twins and Sweet Valley Kids. It's kind of just reimagining the universe um, with the same characters, only they're younger um, or older in the case of Sweet Valley University. 
So it presses this nostalgia button, but then there's just something so, I can't even quite describe it, but that there's just something, it gives me such glee to see the same sort of, it's this like, like Pleasantville kind of perfect world, uh-huh. but a lot of really crazy, terrible things happen in it. Yeah. You know? When I first saw the show Riverdale, which is this like dark reimagining, right. uh, no, no, listeners no. will be familiar with Riverdale. Um, I don't know if you've seen the ads or anything. I was just I've seen like, the ads, not the show. Hmm. I was just like, this is how you would have to do Sweet Valley. Yeah. You have this perfect world. Everything's pastel colored. Everybody's <laughs> mostly beautiful. And almost every dramatic thing that happens is so unspeakably awful. Yeah. <laughs> but even the unspeakably awful things are described in sometimes a way that is like they're still not being spoken of. It's just and, and everybody forgets the next book comes. And, you know, in this book, book nine, Racing Hearts, I mentioned in the last episode as well that Todd Wilkins is holding a grudge against Bruce for trying to take advantage of Elizabeth after she came out of her coma. But, like, that's a passing sentence, and that's about all the grudge that Bruce is going to hold. I'm sorry, that Todd is going to hold against Bruce. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, if, you, if you're going to think about it that way. But then there's a lot of how the books are. They kind of work at their own plot level. It's like a world without trauma. Yeah. You know, things affect people, but there's no traumatic resonance. Right. Uh, if terrible things happen... Yeah, you you just you just somehow miraculously move on and forget, which isn't real life. I mean, you move on, but but you have to move through and around, and you bring the baggage with you and work through it. You well, know? now I'm thinking that if I really wanted to self psychologize, normally I turn my psychology lens on the book and its characters. If I really wanted to self psychologize, maybe it's the fact that it's a world without trauma that is appealing to me. It like, could be. Like, what if bad things that happen in your life didn't have emotional residence and you weren't spending the rest of your life trying to get over it <laughs> on some level? <laughs> As we laugh. <laughs> anyway, so I really, though, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about sports and high school uh-huh. uh, because you said before that you hadn't read a book, uh, like a teen drama before, a no, novel. No. Um, so I'm not going to ask you about teen drama, comparative literature, yeah. <laughs> but you were in, you were heavily involved in sports. This book has more sports than almost yeah, any Yeah, I'm not a great books. athlete, but I, I was involved in, in, in high school basketball in, in, in particular. Uh, my older brother was, was good at it, and it was something that we got to do together, and it was, I think, a worthwhile activity to be involved in. Uh, so I know you guys play basketball. I've seen the pictures and stuff. Now I understand that you were like a hundred percent free throw shooter. I that was my one skill basketball. I was I could shoot someplace around ninety two to ninety four percent of free throws it's at one very point. Very impressive, Dad. Yes, yes. Now I'm lucky if I could hit the basket, but then I could. <laughs> well, we grew up watching a lot of basketball in the Indiana and Illinois. I grew up watching yeah. a lot of basketball. Um, growing up in Chicago in the 90s, it's hard not to pay attention to basketball. And it still is the sport I watch the most. I mean, maybe because I was involved with it. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so Todd Wilkins, captain of the basketball mm-hmm. team, maybe, you know, if there were a book about him and his basketball trials, then that maybe, maybe I I'll bring I you could... on for that one. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys play tennis at all? We we played tennis uh not on a team. We played recreationally. Okay. Uh, 
Well, tennis is also a sport that factors into these books a lot. Bruce Patman is a great tennis player. Um, in one of the earlier books, uh, Jessica is really excited. Jessica and Bruce are dating. And Jessica's really excited to play tennis with Bruce because it's something they are both good at. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is immediately scandalized by the idea that Jessica could ever score a point on him. Mm-hmm. And she learns really quickly that she, if she wants to keep him around, she's got to stop winning. And she eventually just stops playing tennis with oh, him. Oh, jeez. Sorry, that's just like Sweet Valley story time now. But um, So Bruce is a character who we learn in this book is... Uh, really thinks of himself as quite the athlete. I don't know if that's really how he's characterized throughout the series, but he's a runner and he plays tennis. And did you, were there a lot of people, do you remember in high school, a lot of people who did a lot of sports? Yeah, there were, well, well there are not a lot of people, but I mean, my high school, I guess you have to scale these things. You know, my high school was about 2000 students in over three grades. So 600 and some in a class. Uh, plus, and so we had a, a few people who were in multiple sports and were really good, you know. Yeah. And and those people were well known, just like jocks always are, you know. Yeah, they were like the stars of the school. Uh, they were they were celebrated. You know, it all depends when you get a school, at least with that number of people, they're very well defined sense of groups, so everybody knows who they are. But it's celebrity is very local. <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. Well, and you went to high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh-huh, right. a, where, a, a town where, even at the time, there were a lot of high schools. Right? Yeah, I think I think there were eight or nine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so many schools. Was there a big like demographic difference from school to school? In in this book, we, we learn kind of for the first time, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that Sweet Valley High School is just one of a few high schools in the area. Yeah, I mean, not that everybody should know this, but the the, the older parts of town by the Rio Grande uh, had two high schools, one in the North Valley and one in the South Valley, if we're doing the Valley theme. And then there <laughs> there there was a slight uptown high school, which is very old, too, called Albuquerque High School, which is the oldest, historically the oldest. Right, Albuquerque High, now um, kind of cool loft condos in yes, downtown yes, Albuquerque. Yes, It's like a hip. But but so the, those were the, the more older part of the city. And then at that point out, the city was growing. And there were, uh, the, for the first further out school was Highland. And then there was Manzano and Sandia. And I went to Del Norte. And since then, there were several others that have sprung well, up. Was there any like racial diversity at your high oh, school? Oh yeah, uh, y- yeah. Uh, I uh, never really thought uh, about it, but we—that was also something that came up in our main discussion of this book. Was that it seemed weird that there weren't more pe- non-white people in it's a California high school, like where are all the people of color? Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Now, in in Albuquerque, then I mean, New Mexico's state very proudly that's long had it, uh, you know, speaking of Spanish, this was in the state constitution for instance, from its start. So we have a large, there's a large Hispanic uh, uh, population. Um, sure. And uh, that was probably the, the largest group we were aware of. Then the Native Americans, that some of those students then were, were located in the city. They weren't as numerically stuff the thing that that albuquerque did not have much of was any black population when i was growing up it was about one percent and they tended to be focused on the uh 
the, to live by the uh, on the south side, closer to the uh, train tracks. Uh, as an adult, I'd say that was probably because the population came in there, came in with the railroads. As you know, the Porter's Union was heavily black and stuff, and, and so that the and we're the, talking like nineteen forties, fifties, sixties. Yeah. So. When I think about you and I think about high school, I'm, I have to call you out on something that I've, I'll, I've always found so great, that you were voted most popular in yeah, your Yeah, that was a class. strange thing, yeah. <laughs> tell, well, tell me more. Well, I... Talk about being popular, Dad. The Sweet Valley High kids uh, I, uh, like know, popular people. Lila Fowler, she wants <laughs> to know that the Roger Patman... Excuse me, Roger Barrett is a popular kid, and as soon as he gets popular... That's when she goes for him. So well, you were a nerdy guy, but you were. I wasn't. What was a very nerdy guy? Also uh, a jock, though. Yeah, I. Um, but I never saw myself as part of the in group or that popular, and it, it's kind of. A, you're, I didn't have the perspective on it. I think, in hindsight, I've I've always felt that the the reason I was voted most popular wasn't because anybody really thought me that was popular, but I just had a broad demographic. I kind of associate it with everybody, uh, girls and guys, you know, what, whatever thing. I just, it's kind of like my father could talk with people and sure. I, I wasn't intimidating. And uh, Well, it kind of goes back to some of the other things we've talked about, both the idea that you don't have to be just one thing, you know, clicks, maybe cast you as a particular thing, but you could be involved in multiple different kinds of groups. I was in a lot of clubs. So yeah. Yeah. So why defining yourself as one thing is kind of um, shackling yourself. We, we had, we had, I mean, some of these clubs are crazy. Like uh, some were good future business leaders of America. And then it was in, Involved with the chess club, which I don't know why, because I didn't play chess that much. But we had a we had a group that met and practiced the slide rule. That was before everybody had calculators. No way! Yeah. You guys had a slide rule club. Yeah. Oh man! Can <laughs> you teach me how to use a slide sure, rule? Sure. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's pretty good. You understand logarithmics. Uh, that could be theory. the next hipster thing. The slide <laughs> rule. I'm mark your like everybody now. Yeah. Mark your calendars for the hot thing in 2019. I think <laughs> it's going to be learning the slide rule. Yes. And Maybe film strips. See whatever's involved. Junior classical league for all of you people eager to learn Latin. <laughs> Ooh, this is me. This is me now dabbling as a futurist. I, I'm calling. I'm calling film strips in your home and maybe like, like super eight cameras, like in home projected film strips and slide rules as like the hip things for like two or three years from now. Um, cool. Did you guys have like an AV club? I don't recall having an AV club, though. Like every school I've ever been to. Everyone needed a Navy club because nobody could ever start anything and get the AV stuff working properly. <laughs> I'm trying to think if our high school had an AV club. We had a radio station, which was really cool. Did you guys have a radio station? Uh, we did not have a radio station. I guess that's a pretty special thing. I just yeah. didn't realize that when I was in high school because it was the only high school I ever went to. So it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, a radio station. Cool. That's what we've got. That's what high schools do. Yeah, I... I uh, that's very. I didn't know you had a radio station. So yeah, that, WDSO. Oh. I was interviewed on it once. I, I, <laughs> I probably should have listened and maybe didn't. <laughs> True yeah. confessions. Oh, Dad, you're in trouble now. 
Maybe you didn't tell me. <laughs> was there was there a character from this book that you related to at all? Uh, not particularly, no. Um, the I mean, part of it was when I was in high school, I felt like a lot of the romances and stuff were kind of ephemeral and superficial and like, People weren't thinking, I mean, I always kind of felt like I was old, like I was starting to think of where am I going in my future more than being in the moment with romance. But uh, so. And you probably weren't much of a gossip. Uh, who knows? I, I certainly talked a lot, so I must have sensed things. <laughs> Although I have to admit, uh, since you bring up the topic of gossip, once my good friend and I, I won't say his name again here to incriminate him but we said one of our teachers was out and said wouldn't it be great if we started a rumor that she she was ill and see how just as a social experiment see how far it went so we said that she was out and we had heard that she had some terminal illness which is kind of like the coach in this thing my coach gosh shots. it was all around the school by the next day and she was out like with a cold or who knows what she was back the next day but yeah we were shocked that it traveled so fast. Dad, that's terrible. <laughs> it is very terrible, but we didn't really imagine that it was going to happen that much. You it didn't was... know the power you had. No, I just... Uh... Well, I guess there you go. High school rumor mill is real. I know. Well, anybody who does social media now knows what happens. You know? That's true. Well, as long as we're on the topic, though, of relating to the books, I neglected, unfortunately, to do... In the last episode, one of my signature elements of the show, which is to ask you the all-important personality question, are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? Uh, well, I would be more an Elizabeth than a Jessica, uh, I, I hope, you know. I would have to concur. <laughs> we don't really get a very positive portrait of Jessica in this book. And Elizabeth doesn't really do anything that that paints her in any kind of a negative light either. So she's just Elizabeth is like pretty much purely a helper in this book. She's not even that much of a busybody in this book, which she sometimes falls into this area in these books where the twins don't factor as the main characters. Uh -huh. Sometimes Elizabeth just comes in to kind of like uh, stick her nose in other people's business. Yes, yeah. that doesn't happen too much in this book. Yes. I mean, she has a little bit of a dea ex machina role in terms of controlling the situation <laughs> and by working with Olivia. But uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but she didn't. I mean, that's what happens, though, is that somebody calls the Wakefield house to talk to Elizabeth all of a sudden in the eleventh hour, and that's what happens in this book. Olivia calls Elizabeth and it says, "You're going to be the one person that I tell Roger's secret to that he's secretly a janitor." Well. One and of, can't win and can't run the race. One of the odd things I found about Jessica's family's relationship to her in the book was that she, she seems so transparently a certain kind of person, and everybody in her family kind of knows it but wants to believe she isn't. So her parents want to believe that she really could be interested in law in some serious way. And her sister, when she's talking, you know, they don't want to betray any trust, but really believes that she might do something. And she's just always seems to disappoint them. You know, actually, yeah, there is a moment of this book, just a passing moment that was really kind of disturbing where, as someone who spends so much time with these characters, where Elizabeth tells Roger 
that Jessica knows that he's a janitor, uh-huh. but I've made her swear that she won't tell Lila or uh-huh. anyone. And Roger says, can you trust her? And she says, of course I can trust her. She's my sister. When she swears something to me, she means it. Now, this is only the ninth book in this series, but even if my listeners have never read any of these books, never done anything but listen to the podcast, they will know very clearly that nobody can trust Jessica not to tell a secret, especially Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah. The reason that Jessica might keep the secret is because Elizabeth blackmailed her, not because Elizabeth swore her to secrecy. It's just like, how delusional can you be? Like, does she really believe it? Yeah. I feel the only person that truly might have understood Jessica and her family was her mother, who makes no appearance in this book, but gives her her car to keep her away from herself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Stephen, their brother doesn't show up in this book. No, uh uh-uh. I didn't know they had a brother. No. Well, not every character appears in every book. That's right. And he's away at college. Tree Valley College. Later... To expand into a university. (laughs) Well, Dad, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. Well, it was very much fun. Your wisdom and perspective is, you know, true as always. Go Sweet Valley. Is there a cheer we should be doing? Oh, I'm sure. But we can save that for the next book, which focuses heavily on cheerleaders and cheerleading tryouts. Ah, yes. So tune in next week for more cheers. Cheers.